Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. And welcome to the Say What Show. It's April 29th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard, Walt Silva, and Mona Radler. So, okay. So, Dolly, you had an interesting day, and you're feeling okay, and you're ready to do the show? I'm ready. Awesome. And, Walter, I didn't even ask you how your day's going. Oh, interesting Walter's having an interesting day. <laughs> yeah, well, what what can I say? What am I going to do? Give you a rundown of my list of troubles and, and bore you to death? I have an interesting day. You know, like, may you live in interesting times. Oh, yeah, yippee. <laughs> Come on, give us a clue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next. <laughs> He's not going to talk about it. <laughs> Mona, how are you doing today? I uh, went to a garage sale for a friend's <clears throat> baby's daddy who um, has colon cancer, kidney oh, cancer, oh, and oh, lung God. cancer. Oh, no. Yeah, and he's only in his early 40s. Oh, jeez. Well, this stuff is coming in fast. People are being attacked, and he's definitely been attacked. So he hasn't been able to work in a long time. So they set up a big old garage sale, and yeah, I bet it was very, very, very um, successful. So, is it, Mona? Do you think is it? Did he get vaxxed? I don't think he did. Oh, but wow. I think he had it years earlier, and they thought they got it. Oh. Just with the stresses of everything that's going on, all the electric. You know, not everybody um, has Shungite to keep the electric off of them. And so just a sad time. And just to be friends with his, you know, the baby mama, she's, she's a sweetheart. And she's got to deal with this. And they're not together, but still, she's she works at a restaurant, so everybody's donating 10% tonight. And then um, what else is going on? Oh, he's got to go find me and the rest of it. So at least he'll be taken care of for whatever can be taken care of. So, you know, on. Ani Avedisian's uh, show that played just before this did, or before Jan Shaw did, and it's in the archives and it's on podcast. In the last half hour, more like the last 15 minutes, she answered a question regarding somebody saying, look at my friend's got pancreatic cancer he's given up on life he's gotten rid of 90 percent of everything he has he quit his job because he thought he had enough money to be able to get through the time he's the doctors are telling him he has has left and Ani gave the most 
profound and meaningful answer to that. And I highly recommend you listen to the way that she presented it because it's just very special. But her summation is, is rejoice with him that he is made a decision to not fight something that is very seldom can you win. And it's a terrible, terrible disease. My mother died of it. And to support him in his new travels. Um, If you've got anybody out there, and there's going to be an awful lot of you, unfortunately, or not so much us maybe, but others, um, who are in that situation, there's nothing wrong with dying, with death. Death is a new doorway, doorway to heaven, a doorway to a new experience. It's the dying that is the problem. And Ani just brought it out that, you know, make the transition as easy for them as you can. Support them in their decisions. So I just, uh, I feel for you, Mona, and and for those people. And there's just so many out there, but... um, She's got a big support group, which really made me very happy to see because she's the sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, it is the people around you, and you just got to be, you know, cognizant that there's going to be more of it. But stand stand strong, you know. Um, put out the love. Don't, don't fall into the energies of, you know, losing and, and dying and all. Just be a, a, a beacon of, of positive energy. Well, the thing is that no, nobody takes into consideration that crying and longing and uh, mourning for someone who is leaving or about to leave hurts them. It hurts them it's terribly. In fact, it's for people who do, uh, people that talk to those who, that have left and uh, have a, and, and, and consult, uh, do consult work for people that have uh, members of their family who have left or a loved one who has left. And they, uh, this is something that Dali used to do uh, years ago, communicating, you know, those who, do, who have left with those that have stayed stayed behind. And the, those who have left always say the same thing, is that by crying for them, by longing for them, you're keeping them stuck. Instead of being happy for them, though they finally get to go home, you actually hurt them. So the uh, black people have the right idea because in their culture, they play music and they celebrate when somebody leaves. They don't cry for, you know, for days on end or like a... In the like in the Italian culture, mourning is like a, a, a week long or a month long. That doesn't benefit anybody. It's just it, well, it does benefit the cabal because they feed on that energy. They love it when we when we mourn. So there is something to. It's not just a sentimental gesture. It it does. It's remember we're dealing with a universe of energy, so all energy counts. And you think you're doing something right and honorable by crying over somebody, oh, you honor them and remember them and all that. Well, that's good, but remember them in happiness. Don't don't 
cry because they have, they're leaving their vehicle for another vehicle or whenever they're choosing. It, it actually does not benefit them in the least, keeping them trapped like that. And many, I am I'm aware of anecdotes of cases where, you know, a loved one has communicated with someone who's been left behind and they're they're asking to be let go. You know, don't don't cry for me. Just I'm in a better place. You know, you just, just, just go on with your life. And the, and it doesn't the story always runs along those lines. I just found something that goes right along with that. Well, <clears throat> don't worry about anything at all. You're not here by accident. Mm -hmm. This form is just a costume for a while, but the one who is behind the costume, this one is internal. And you must know this. If you know this and trust this, you don't have to worry about anything. Oh, woohoo. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, what's the sense? When Native Americans, we believe it's a good day to die because we don't have issues about holding on to things that basically don't make no matter. Well, that, that's what um, Anastasia says in the uh, Ring Cedars of Russia books, is that the, this death culture is a modern thing. Because when you look at the uh, culture around you, you know, the Cabal did uh, quite a number on, on, on the, the human civilization because everyone's focused on death. Look at all the time and energy and, and resources that are invested on, uh, for example, cemeteries. I mean, take, for example, the, the, cemetery, the central cemetery of Buenos Aires in Argentina. It's, as, it's bigger than the Vatican. I mean, it has street lights and everything. You could, you could spend hours lost in there. It's so humongous. And to, to, to what? To keep energy stagnant? That's actually hurting Gaia because you're keeping all of, all of that pain, all of that suffering stuck in the memory. It's like uh, I told a story one time. Uh, one of my mother's cousins, uh, she married a well-to-do guy. So the, the, kid, the kids that were born were spoiled, rotten, especially the firstborn. And uh, I think he was 22 or 25 when he was shot dead by a cop who had a grudge against him because the kid would do, you know, he, he would get go away with anything. And then the, because the granddaddy is, uh, is the big capo in town, he would pay him to get off and he never saw a day in jail. So they really had a grudge against him. So this cop was uh, off duty one time and he was uh, with his friends at the local pool hall and he was sitting inside his pickup truck and the cop came up to him like like very friendly like uh, i want to talk to you and all he did is he stuck his hand inside the vehicle holding an an, an automatic 45 and then he emptied a clip into the kid's stomach so that was the end of that story so no need to there's no need to tell you the months and months of never ending grief and suffering because you know they had killed the firstborn and blah blah. I mean the, the mother it was so dedicated to his death. Literally once once a day, every day, she would go to the family mausoleum just to cry it over the kid. So during all this time she discovers that she's pregnant. And she goes to the doctor to get a, an, a, an abortion. 
And the doctor says, I, I can't. If I do an abortion on you, I'm going to kill you because you have, you've had so many scrapes that your, your, your womb can't take another one. So against her will, she decided to keep the baby. And lo and behold, the kid gets bo is born. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I saw him in person and I just, I thought, whoa, this is amazing. She had five, uh, four children, two boys and two girls. And they don't, none of them look like each other at all. This little, this baby, the, this fifth one, is the carbon copy of the one that got killed. <laughs> Not only that, when he started talking, and one day, like, the mother, you know, she couldn't let go of the memory of the son, so she would, like, open the uh, the photo albums and cry over the phone. And one day, the little, the little kid comes over, and he starts looking in the pictures, and he, oh, and he goes, oh, remember, Mom, here when when Grandpa bought me the Jeep Willis? Oh, remember when he bought me the pony here? So one by one, he recalled perfectly all the memories of the other one, the one that got killed. He was saying that these were hidden. He he remember when we went to this, and remember when we spoke to that man, and remember, and he kept saying it over and over again. You know, so they they were his memories. The memories of the kid that got killed. So, when she, she, I saw her at my grandfather's house one day, and she was talking about this. And I said, uh, her name, her uh, nickname is Lita. And I, and I said, are you insane? She, she goes, why? I, I said, you're spending time every day going to the to the cemetery to cry over your dead son. And he, unlike all the unlike all the rest of the women on the world that have lost a loved one. He's back on next to you. Are you insane? You're still crying over this, and he's right there. And he and she goes, "You think so? Oh God, I could have. <laughs> I just wanted to squeeze her neck." <laughs> what a loss! So uh, she's crying over the son who's right there next to you. How do you like that? <laughs> so the the, the bedrooms never cried over somebody dying. In fact, that they were just waiting. Okay, let's see what he looks like when he comes back, because they would be when they would talk about little kids would say uh, would argue and say, "No, I remember I was there when this was," a, um, and, and they would re correct somebody's remembering of something. So nobody spoke about death because there wasn't any. This death culture has been programmed onto us. L look at it. Look at the obsession with death. They practically worship it. But the whole situation is, is how are we to judge or say what was right or wrong because the universe had reason for that child to be taken? And then we're going to just say the universe is wrong? What the heck sense is that? Well, the child is free to go. But you know what I mean. Well, we waste so unfortunately, much time. We, we, we humans with our limited perception of things affected mm -hmm. by the veil of forgetting, we can't see the other side, we can't talk to the folks on the other side. Uh, I wish we all had the capability that Dolly takes for granted, but we can't. So mm -hmm. if we if we could do that, if you, we could just look at the look through a, a, a little window at the other side and t talk to the people who have gone, you wouldn't be crying for anybody. You'd be talking to your relatives, your neighbors, whoever had left, and you're like, oh, how are you doing? It's like, oh, everything, yes, I'm planning on coming back. 
yeah, maybe next year, I'm gonna, you know, whatever. Is you carry on conversations like nothing at all. But we have this this perception of the, and, and to make matters worse, there are religions that to this day they're they're still selling that pap that oh no, but nobody you, death, uh, you only live once, you know the the that YOLO thing you only live once oh, and everybody so if you gotta make it count because if you don't make it count you know you only live oh come on, get off with. <laughs> It is ridiculous. <laughs> it really is. I have a housemate downstairs. She lights a candle for a child that was taken from her almost 30 years ago. Mm. I'm like, do you realize how much energy you're wasting? Oh, no. And she's got a healthy daughter. Why don't you pay more attention to the daughter? Yeah. Mornings, you know, how do you know? I swear the miscarriage I had was my third living birth and that she just irritates the anyway that's a whole different story <laughs> so yeah people just need to let go and quit thinking they have a clue <laughs> oh they think uh, there's also the attitude of oh don't forget the one of the biggest gifts the cabal has given humanity the gift of guilt oh if you're not if you don't if you're not remembering somebody some loved one who left 20 years ago you're a bad person. <laughs> you have to keep. Yeah, I, I mean, I have a customer who uh, he, she's from. She lives in in California, but she's from Argentina, and her father died the the year prior. So a year later, they're holding a special mass for the father, already an old man, not a young man, and. Because she traveled for the memorial, just when she arrived, they they, they had the lockdown because of the that was the beginning of the scandemic. Mm -hmm. So she ended up she was stuck there for like another an additional one year or two years because well, she couldn't leave. She was a uh, you know they closed all the all the, uh, the the what do you call it all the borders and you were stuck with the because of the lockdown. Just, just to honor somebody who's not no longer around. So you wonder about that. My mother passed over a month. Well, it was actually like New Year's Eve before the pandemic started, and she died of triple pneumonia. But she had pneumonia countless other times. She had a pacemaker, other things like that. And so, gladly, she went semi in peace, but that was it. I burnt some sage and said, you know, so long, have a safe one, because what am I to do? I don't want to carry that around with me at all. For, I mean, I love my mother, but there are stories I just aren't going to tell right at the moment. <laughs> you know, I was, I was thinking about that. Because once somebody crosses over, right, and I have the same thing, it's like, okay, you finished your mission here, you mm -hmm. know, I'll see you on the other side. But everybody, I think, would, would admit, if they're honest with each other, that um, there are things about your best friends that you don't like, but you would never say it because it's not important enough to say it because they're your best friend. 
Mm-hmm. But when they're on the other side, can they get into your head? <laughs> you know, it's like, can they read our minds? You know, it's like, I'll go, yeah, I really loved her, but, and I'll start thinking about, you know, the things that would irritate me, kind of, you know, just because that was who she is. But I'm thinking, oh, God, is she finding out what I really thought? <laughs> You know that type of thing. Is anybody, I, maybe nobody else thinks about that, but I, I've been, well, I've been having friends die, you know. And you know, it's it's even it's it's even weirder than that because it's okay. So you've got you go through life and you get these friends, and if you're lucky, I guess. Um, you end up knowing, oh, they passed away. Oh, oh, they passed away, you know. But how many other people in your life are gone mm-hmm, that you mm-hmm. don't know are gone? And I'm getting this feeling that there's an awful lot of people that are leaving. It's like, just, I don't know that we're getting the exact numbers of what's really happening out there. I is agree. What I think. You know? Totally, totally. But it's this kind of creepy feeling that um, everybody's leaving the building. So maybe the background people are are bowing out. Well, maybe they're not needed. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. You know? But we are in a very, very strange place. What are you thinking, Dolly? You've been quiet. I think I'm going to come back and haunt you when I find out all the bad things you think about me. <laughs> I'm teasing. No, you're not. I know you're not. <laughs> yes, I am, because I'm not going to waste my time worrying about that. <laughs> oh, oh, well, there, there's a saying, Dolly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we've all had visitors of those that have passed over, haven't we? Because I've had like eight or nine that have passed over the other side and came and visited me. Yeah, yeah. I'll come and visit, but I won't be harboring any ill will or anything. Because I'll come and visit because I miss y'all. Not because, just because I miss. That's who I feel sorry for when somebody dies, uh, really, and, and the people have been really close. I feel sorry for the ones that are left behind because they have to go through the getting used to not having them around. With the ones that get to go home, they're thinking, oh, yay, it's party time. It is. Are, have you are, smelled uh, Stan's smoke recently? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. Now that I realize what the heck is going on. Isn't it convenient that instead of wasting time going to the cemetery, they're right there with you? Isn't that super convenient, isn't it? I don't think going... <laughs> now, when he first died, I went to the re- the cemetery all the time because I wasn't to the place I'm at now. I went there to be with him. I didn't realize, why the heck you doing that? He's with you all the time. Because I always smelled smoke once he... Uh, once he got adjusted over there, um, but uh, it I, in my mind at this point in my life, to me going to a 
a funeral or the uh, cemetery is a waste of time when, because I am blessed with this ability, I can talk to them wherever I am. I can be anywhere. Wherever I am, I can talk to them if I have the quiet enough that I can hear them respond. <clears throat> it doesn't do me any good to try to talk to them if I'm in a freaking crowd and everybody's being noisy. Um, but I feel bad for the people that are left behind that have to adjust their life to being without their friend or their relative. Because um, that takes adjustment. You get into this routine and then the routine is changed, and then you have to adjust yourself to going through a change and uh, missing the person and having to readjust your life because the person has gone home. And I, I celebrate, like my mom, I did not go across the state to the west side to go to her funeral. Mom and I had an agreement before she left even. She'll come and visit with me. And I was not health-wise able to cross the state to take that trip. Same way with my dad. I did not go across the state. Because if I wanted to talk to him, all I had to do was say D-A-D. <laughs> I don't want to say it now and have him show up. <laughs> um so, I people, I guess people need to make an adjustment in their thought process because all our lives we've been brought up. Oh, somebody died. We got to be really sad. We got to cry. We got to mourn. We got to be really, really, really sad. Well, you can be sad, but it's because your life has changed. They're happy. They're happy, 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 unless they're really bad people. Um, they're really, really happy. Be happy for them. Change your routine so that you can get over the missing part of them so bad. Because I know what it's like to miss somebody so bad your heart breaks into tiny little pieces. I put myself through that in here. Hear me, I put myself through that for several years, and I didn't need to, but I didn't, I didn't come to that realization at that time, that now I'm here to, to try to help those who are the left behind ones, please, your loved one, unless it was a terrible, awful, evil person, they're very, very, the, the, your loved one is happy. They don't want you to be sad. They're, they're having such a good time. They're looking at you being so sad, and they're thinking, please, don't be sad on my account. Be happy for me, but you need to change your routine, and don't hold me back with your grief, just change your routine so that it doesn't remind you every second of the day that you miss me. You've got to move on. 
Go on with your life. Love me. Remember me. And send me love. And listen or feel for me to make contact with you. But don't be sad for me. That's what they're saying to you. Please don't be sad for me. I love you. Carry on with your life. You're not done. You're not done with your mission. Look around. See what you need to do different. Boy, where did that come from? Well, now, Dolly, I got something to ask you. Yes? Because not everybody considers that while they're alive. Now, how do you consider ghosts that people who pass on don't go further? They get stuck in this realm and... Uh, I'm going to say irritating. Well, well uh, Mona, the first thing you have to say... is. And uh, I'm sure uh, Ollie has had uh, some uh, what, anecdotes around those lines. Is yes, there are people that they don't know they're dead. That's why they're stuck around. They're not stuck around because they're evil. They're stuck around because they don't know they're dead. Plus, there's those who don't want to move on yet. Yep. They want to stay. They're mad. They don't want to move on yet. Or they're happy with with staying until they're ready to move on. Um, it's up to, once you cross over, it's up to you. Me, when I thought I had crossed over and my doctor was standing there looking at me and I said to him, uh, are you the angel who has come to take me to my creator? <laughs> he, he did a, a shake and he says, no. I'm your doctor. <laughs> but see, he expected me to die. He didn't think I would live through the night. And he said he remembered that every time somebody mentioned my name, and they mentioned it a lot in the hospital because I was a miracle patient. They talk about them. But uh, see, I was ready. I asked. Please take me to my creator if you're the angel who's come to do it. Um, there are a lot of people who don't realize, uh, gosh, when I die, I got to go somewhere. A lot of them think, well, I'm not going to go anywhere. It, it, it's over. My life is done. It's over. I'll be buried. Nothing's going to happen. But... Then when they do die and they realize they they died to this life, they died to that body, but the real them, their soul, is going to continue on to the next uh, event or place that they're going. Or they they aren't really gone, blacked out. Erased completely. You can't. They uh, they're still around, and they that's a shock, a very big shock to them. And they re they go to. I've been told, though they go to a place special for people that that happens to, where they are gently uh, brought to the realization there isn't an end to you. You continue on. We continue on. It's just we move from this place to another. And uh, 
so they they gently bring these souls up to understanding what's why they didn't why they still are around they consider alive um, but not in their usual place did that answer anything yeah i got it it's like just changing the system on the radio yeah and again i've seen the different realms and the other things like that and I learned not to question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And in this doctor I'm telling you about, he did um he did my first my five bypass, the emergency thing the first time we realized my my heart was not too good. Um he he passed away. Mm. He got cancer and he passed away. And it was the day I happened to be in with my primary physician. And so he had a good cry on my shoulder. And I'm looking up thinking to the Dr. Shiro, my heart, the surgeon. Now do you understand why I asked if you were my angel to take, to take me to God? Because you're in that position. I wondered, did he ever when he got to cross over did he think of that day that he always remembered after it happened here on earth and did it help him in his process when he got to go home it's just one of those little things I thought of I never heard from him I was kind of looking forward to doing, to hearing from him, but I never did. Mom, that's, they've got other things to do. Some come right back. Yeah. They're reborn again, like instant almost. So maybe he was reborn again. And well, you, you, you've seen even Dave, sometimes he's busy doing something. And he, he Even though he's always ready to uh, talk with you, but sometimes he can't. Right. So we can never, we never know what they're doing on the other side. Right. So well, th think of the, think of the man himself that um, he was gifted with you being his patient and giving him that experience that he admitted, you know, he would continually think about. He had to be pretty special. And you, being who you are, probably had a doctor that was pretty special. So he might have been essentially an advanced spirit, but you two never communicated on that. You were just there to give the experience to really begin to take the next step into a higher understanding. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say now, where'd that come from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I was just thinking about walk-ins. Have you ever heard of that? Yes. Yes. That, that someone that. is deceased and another spirit was waiting to come through and uses the body of the one. I, I get the chance to meet one here in, in Minneapolis. Huh? Boy, was he confused. <laughs> Poor guy. Right. You think... You would think Watkins would be better prepared, not this guy. 
I guess he volunteered too quickly. Well, remember they have that uh, river of forgetfulness. Mm. No matter how fast they come over, they have to cross that. I don't know why. I'm just being told that. Mm. Um, so they make this arrangement. The one who is already on the others, the spirit, makes an arrangement with the one who's living here on earth. Yes, you can walk in my body and I will leave. They, they need this agreement. I will leave, you walk in. Because the one who's here doesn't want to be here anymore. And, and that's what they want to do, is leave. And, but the other one needs a body to come into. So they make that agreement. Um, but the the one that's going to walk into the body gets walked into the body. But sometimes they don't remember what the agreement was until later. And so they're all of a sudden, here they are, and they don't know what the heck's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel sorry for them uh, because I, 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 if I, I try to imagine myself in that position, and I, well, heaven help me. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like walking into the theater through the and the movie is somewhere in the middle. <laughs> you don't know what's what's there. Where are their walk-ins? What's the point of that? Does anybody got any ideas? Because they weren't really done with life. They want to come back right now. They weren't done with living over here. And, they think and, and, and some of them uh, don't have the time or the patience or the inclination to go through the hassle of being born and growing up again. They don't right. want that. They right. want to pick up where they left off. Yeah. So I, I, can't, I get it, you know, going through, going through childhood, especially now. In the middle of this spiritual war, it's not fun. I, uh, <laughs> not, a, not a fun place to be, especially on a planet where, you know, children were being, you know, consumed like livestock. Yeah, it's scary. It is. Very. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, to me, death is just a part of life. <clears throat> That's right. I look at it like we're born to live and die and then live again. Uh, or continue our life, not live again, continue life. It's just a continuation, one place to another. We come, we fulfill our missions, hopefully, and uh, move on to the next Whatever we're moving on to. I don't look at death as something that's just, oh, no, it's death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you're ruining the spirit of Halloween. The thing that is the worst <laughs> thing about death is how. <laughs> that's, that could frighten them. Frighten you right to death. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I say you shouldn't be afraid of death. It's the dying that's the bitch. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and if we just if we just realize that if if we don't have to make that decision to to go through suffering and pain, it's a transition. 
I think that part of that situation is one of giving a storyline to the passage in a way that is full of drama. Most of us aren't full of drama. I mean, we talk about drama, but our lives are, well, I don't know, Walt says that his is a little bit crazy right now, but in the scheme of things, we don't, we don't like drama. You know how you get some people and that's all they want in their lives is drama, 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 you know, where they're dying is the greatest drama of their life. Now, if you don't believe that, that that's necessary, which I don't, you know, then and say, I don't want any drama associated with the with the, at all, you know, well, then I guess we can just ascend. We don't have to do any of that crap, right? <laughs> it's just a matter of how you're looking at things. But no. Well, nowhere is it more true what the thing that you say in the the laws of cosmic reality is that where you create your own reality. Well, nowhere is it more true. You do create your own reality. And if if the, the only format or concept of life that you understand is drama, then that's that's what it is. That's what that's what you'll have because that's what you designed. So it's perfectly normal for you, not normal for others. Not not everybody loves drama. No, I don't like wasting time. <laughs> okay, for some reason I'm getting uh, some t- I, I, I'm being asked to talk about something that is really very interesting. Um, okay, so I've had this flood issue, right? Now, what's what's really happening is that the water is rushing in from the front of the house. Now, before when it would flood out, it was because it was raining and the draining was all natural draining. So it would come up in the lowest part of the yard, which was the back. And it would take with heavy rains eight hours if the surface had been dry we hadn't had any rain it would take eight hours for it to threaten the house but with this drain opening that they've got out there it's like a flash flood so it comes in really fast like within an hour into the front yard but what's what's really interesting about it is the house is is got a, a, a big slab, but on top of the slab has been built up, so there's another two inches before the bottom of the house itself, inside the house. And it's enough, It's just enough that the water goes around the house <laughs> without flooding it into the backyard until the backyard gets flooded out. And then, just like it would normally do, the back of the house starts to take in the water first. So... It's, it's this really strange kind of a phenomena I'm in. I, I reported it to the government. We'll see what they say. But it sounds like your house is like a fried egg, sunny side up. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like crazy. <laughs> so anyway, so but in this not knowing, you know, the let's say the 3D, what was really happening because it was just way too bizarre. Um. I started to talk to Gaia. Wasn't even talking to me. I 
checked on the eagle and yep it's it's doing fine it's doing what it's supposed to be doing but why am i about to flood out you know and talk to the gin and it was like they they don't like to get into some of this stuff this this kind of stuff they could do a lot of things but this stuff really is kind of like out of their you know what are they play like pay grade i guess you call it and they're laughing um so I, all of a sudden, I think of Saint Germain, and I think of the purple. Some people call it the purple ray. Sometimes it's the purple flame, but it's a purple energy, you know, the violet energy that is the dominant energy signature of the age of Aquarius, which is the age that we are now in. And so it's it's pouring like unbelievable. I mean, it's like just coming down hard. And I've gone through everything and everybody I know, and I'm still about to flood out. Now, mind you, I didn't understand it was going around the house. To me, it was a matter of minutes before I was going to, you know, and everything was up. I mean, I was ready for at least three feet. Well, not three feet with the computer stuff on the table, but (laughs) let's say two and a half feet. So, you know, I'm I'm in this mindset, and all of a sudden, I think of St. Germain, I think of the Purple Ray, and I said, well, I, why not? And all of a sudden, I just saw the, you know, the Purple Ray surrounding me in my environment, and boom, that fast, the rain stopped. Cool. And I, and I, never, I never flooded out. But then somebody, somebody said something about it, and, you know, there's these synchronicities, so I'm going like, Okay, so this is thought and action, which means that maybe we should start thinking in terms of utilizing the, the, the purple flame or the purple ray, the energy of violet, you know, and I, I, I can't sit here and tell you, you know, how to do that or what to do, because to me, this is kind of new to me, too, you know, so um, basically, I when i when i'm calling in that energy i'm focusing on that energy it's more of well let me see if i get it if i think about it this way well let's try this way and seeing what changes are being made in the way that the energy is feeling around me so it's just something to think about you know if i excuse me hold one Why do we say we got a frog in our throat when that happens? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm just throwing it out there because when I, you know, I, I love to play in my own mind. I have as a kid. I mean, it's just something I do. And so I play with these different thoughts and then, you know, try to see how are they working? Because really, somebody's going to control your mind. Somebody's going to mind wash it. Might as well be you. Yeah, well. Uh, that that's where the uh, world the word visualization comes in because if you visualize if you visualize a specific color, you're actually invoking the energy of that color, whether you like it. And it has nothing to do with uh, oh, I'm just having this fantasy. No, it's what it's the energy that you're invoking. That's why I tell the people like for some of my devices like the energy projecting cylinder, and I said and I tell them just. Because this is uh, enabled with Shungite, when you visualize a specific color, that's exactly what it's going to do. It's going to project that particular color 
because that's what that's what you're visualizing. So it's responding to that. So you can do it with any of your devices, the resonator, like uh, the, the resonator that I sent uh, to Dolly, which is the Hoponopono resonator. Well, if she visualizes it putting out purple light, that's what she's going to get, the purple energy, because it's responding to her consciousness, to her, her awareness. It's not a fantasy. You, you'll notice, especially you guys are energy sensitive. Try it. Try to visualize a green light or a, a blue light. Try to um, try to visualize uh, that purple light, and Im immediately you'll notice the change. Well, um, that's very true. But, and you know that I have probably most every type of resonator that you ever made. Plus, I've got energy devices that I've made. Plus, I've got a, a jar full of nectar. I mean, I've got just an incredible, this whole house is, the, the floors, is, the walls are quartzite, which is quartz. And I've come to realize that the only real tool I need is my human body. It's, it's we're, we're all these little energy devices you know and we just have to start playing with it with with our own beingness and so when you say to people you know envision the purple you're doing that exactly so if you're doing that you can also say okay I want to throw a love blanket, and you can imagine a love blanket. It's as, as real as anything else. You're dealing with energy. Exactly. I, I always use the example when I, when, uh, to, I, to illustrate that. I always, uh, okay, think about this. For example, you're fully dressed, and you're sitting in, in a chair in your kitchen, and you close your eyes, and you have an erotic thought. Well, don't you experience arousal in your body? Why? You're fully dressed. You're not in a, naked in a room with somebody. You're fully dressed, and you're just sitting in the kitchen, and yet your body is responsive as if you were doing it, an erotic activity. It just goes to show the the, the, the basic self, the, 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 the low soul, the soul of the body, doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imaginary in your mind. So it's responding in, in, in like manner. So it's, it's responding to you. So... Do you think the body knows the difference that the purple light, the purple uh, ray that you're visualizing is not really being projected by anything, but it's inside your imagination? Do you think the body knows? No, it doesn't. But it's going to respond to it and it's going to support that energy because it, it's, in your, it's in your awareness, it's in your consciousness. And, and the human body has been so designed to be this perfect energy device. Mm-hmm. You go from the mind into the heart. Let the heart be charged with emotions. Throw it out, all, any sh chakra that happens to be your prominent chakra. Because I think that, you know, I, I, I think that certain people, it's like my mind is in, in my stomach, <laughs> in that area. You know, I don't know what it, that it is for everybody else. But if, if I really want to see something happen, I have to go through the concept of engaging that center. Thinking about it. And well, that makes perfect sense because it's it's the oneness. That's what you're describing. That's where the body brain is. Yeah, and that's that, 
to that part of the body is not affected by the veil of forgetting, so it's perfectly open to the other side. So, so that's right on. <laughs> yeah, it's almost it's almost like well, pe people. As a matter of fact, it was you asked me about the uh, silver shungite and why the silver shungite kept the door to the. You asked me. You said. When I talk about Shungite pulsing, that there's a pulse in the quantum connection, it's like the energy, there's a door there, and it's letting the energy come into the Shungite, and then it, it pulses, And but when you got the silver in it, it keeps it open, I don't know why, and you wanted to know, did it go in both directions? No, it's coming from the quantum field. This is like the way that the quantum influences the, the 3D, it's, man, everything that you see is from the quantum. But if you can open up the quantum and, and control the proto-energy that it's contained there, that is what you build with, then, <clears throat> you know, that's the key to truly having, it's, you have to give up control before you can get full control. You have to think of it in terms of not that I'm doing it, it's a, it's a process by which anybody can do it if you could understand what the process is. And the process is having an, an alert, a creative mind that can, you know, just imagine all sorts of scenarios. But you have to make sure that those scenarios to, the, for, to get to the next stage are based on the concept of love or lack of for simplification of the entire thing that you'd have, but on, based on love. And once you get that, you can make all sorts of imaginings and then through this energy device we have called a body, you know, <clears throat> you go through the heart. Why do you go through the heart? Well, because at the heart level, it that thought energy, okay, is sort of like strengthened. It it it's like the the thought energy is kind of uh kind of wishy-washy and weak but it's a it's an energy field it's just not very powerful because the brain isn't really very powerful and so you bring it down to the heart and the heart says oh yeah you know because you already got the love connection oh yeah that's a good thought let's do that it then kind of like in in metal work it would be adding something that made the steel stronger Okay, so now the, the, this thought form that you're creating has got substance to it. But then you can release it from your heart. But like I say, in my case, I find that if I release it from basically the, the pit of my stomach, boom, you know, it, it's much more effective. And I think it's because of what Walt explained. Walt ex kind of expand on that. What? The, the 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 brain that we have in our stomach so that people may not understand that because we've talked oh, about yes. Dr. Costa uh, I don't know in what year this happened he did some work for uh, University of San Diego and uh, it was a concept that they weren't aware of the body brain where the, uh, the if you look at the anatomy of the human body the the area of the pit of the stomach uh, has a, a tremendous amount of um, neural pathways in it. So it's considered the body brain. 
<clears throat> and that, that that's why the the body has its own soul or some some practitioners call it the lower self other others call it the lower self because it does and in when he would teach people the 15 step process the thing to do like in Dali does it a second it's second nature to her she doesn't have to think about it she doesn't have to do anything special she just does it because it's natural for her but for people who want to communicate with uh, their guides or some entity on the other side that's where you have to take your consciousness you have to bring it down from the head into the body brain because the body brain like the rest of the cells in the body are not affected by the veil of forgetting they're not so when you're in the body brain, you can actually see the other side and you can communicate with the folks on the other side, you can communicate with your guides on the other side. So that's the way to uh, to do it. You go into the into the body brain, which is what he used to refer to as the oneness, and he would teach you how to reach that state and you would he would you would do a, a what do you call a visualization practice because you want it to be in the one and, and if, depending on how someone is doing it they can go past it which is too low or they cannot or they're too high they have to be at the one so when you're at the one you're right there you're in full view and full contact with your guides and you can ask questions and you can get healing that's why he came up with that uh, uh, hypnotherapy the 15 step process because you would walk down 20 steps and then you would walk up 15 steps to go into that state into the oneness which is in the pit of the stomach because unfortunately the uh, the, the 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 consciousness the awareness that we have inside the brain is affected by the veil of forgetting we're not you know you're, you're you come for the walk-ins they come in they come into the into the brain and all of a sudden they've forgotten okay why am i here why am i back <laughs> that's the uh well uh, you know i think i started started to talk about the quantum connection and i think in this uh you know that that lower brain that i don't like thinking of it a brain it's a it's a complete it's almost like the uh, it's a very complex system but i think it, it's full of quantum connections because there's a, a hammer, hammer mill, and um, Pen, Penrose, Penrose or Penrose. He's a, a British scientist that won the Nobel Prize, and these two guys got together. Now, uh, hammer mill was hammer, hammer mill, I think it is. But he, he is he he was an anesthesiologist, and he got really interested in how it was that he could put technically somebody in a state of death so they felt no pain but he could revive them and their memories would still be there they'd still be the same person they'd still like the same stuff you know and so he and uh, Penrose got together and they developed this concept that human memory is actually contained within I think the mitochondria, but part of the, the, the it's the uh, structure of the cell. What keeps the cell kind of like, you know, this uh, scaffolding of the of the cell, and that in that in that mechanism that is in every single cell, 
that's where the quantum level memory stays. And because it, it doesn't need very much energy, he can put people, in quotes, technically in a state of death. And it doesn't need much to, to maintain, so they can't pick it up and record. Oh, yeah, we, we're still got them alive because, uh, you know, we can see the quantum action. Um, so they put this thing out and the mainstream media went berserk. Um, but Penrose knew they would. And he said, look, it, the only way you can disprove us is to prove that there's no quantum connection at the cellular level. So why don't you go see if there's a quantum connection? And if you do, you're going to say, see these things. And he gave them a list of quantum ph phenomena that they would find at that level. So 10 years later, they finally come up with the conclusions that, my God, these people are right. So I think in that area that we're talking about, it may be that there is a greater amount of this quantum activity happening, my opinion. Now, we're, we're actually a little over the, the top of the hour. Um, Mona sent me two music pieces from High Res and Jimmy Levy. I think it's what it's pronounced. But when I, and I love them, but then I found another one. Now it's four minutes long. And I, this is not the type of music that Walt <laughs> and Dolly like. But if you just give it a chance and listen to it and the message, and I'll see you in four minutes. It's called Faith Over Fear. Faith over fear. Oh, God is always there when you got faith over fear. He'll answer all your prayers. So go and tell all the people that the Lord will lead the way. I put faith over fear every day. I got God in my corner, there ain't a man that could stop me I already gave my soul to him, not the Illuminati Now I got an army of people that's right beside me Heaven over Hollywood, evil can never stop me Media want you nervous, they wanna make you feel worthless The government is a circus, had to fight off these serpents Just to get back to the surface My soul is not for purchase, God's the only one I service I'm his servant Going through hardships in my darkest, I know he gon' take my hand When life get hard, it's like a promise that you gotta trust his plan Even if you don't understand, doesn't happen when you demand It gonna happen when the time is right, all your prayers they gon' be answered Have no fear when he near, he gon' take the wheel and he still When you think he gone, he appear, God he feel when you cry tears They said two weeks is slow to spread, that's turning into five years I don't believe in the devil, God the only one I fear Faith over fear, oh God is always there when you got faith over fear. He'll answer all your prayers, so go and tell all the people that the Lord will lead the way. I put faith over fear every day. Yeah, I got faith over fear, only one I fear is God. We all make mistakes and we all have flaws Wasn't following his laws, that's when I was so lost I'd never sell my soul for a cost 
When I thought I'd be better off dead I heard a voice in my head All the tears that I shed All the blood that I bled I kept my faith strong People laid off Just for not complying Everything I pray for It came forward God showed me the light Hey, I never question the vision I'm giving in I never question the journey I never question the blessings and lessons he sent it, so I never worry This is bigger than a song This is my testimony To my family that's gone And to all my dead homies I'm putting y'all on my back Even when times get bad Won't forget where I came from God brought me to where I'm at Hey, the devil is a lie Only trust the most high I got love for both sides Matter of fact, there is no sides Jimmy Make it over fear Oh, God is always there When you got And welcome back to Say What. It's April 29th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard, Walt Silva, and Mona Radler. So, Dolly, you there? Yep, Hello? yep. Okay. I would just had trouble with the cursor. What would you think of that song? Um, I don't like the rap, but I don't like rap. But I like the words. I love the words. Faith over fear every time. Yep. Well, what I really liked about it was the words. And, you know, when it turned into rap, I was like, oh, okay. This uh, The other ones I'd already heard them, but this one. But it's rap. I <laughs> never thought I would hear that message in a rap song. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that to me was, uh, it filled me with faith. You know, what can I tell you? I like the the uh, beat when it's not the rap. I like that drum beat. Uh huh. It it, Um, it hit in my heart, in my chest area. Yeah, it's uh, it's. uh, Thank you for that, Mona. Yeah, they're they're all very good. Yep, yep. So, Mona, how did you find them? Something you know about, or what's the story behind it? We use it as part of the radio station, the guys, the two fellows, and the native woman, she was on a Crow House video, so I found them through other places. Well, very nice. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, let's ask Walt. Walt, what did you think of it? (laughs) I agree with Dolly. Uh, It has a positive message. I don't like rap, but the message is positive. But it's getting to the children. The children are used to that kind of 
communication. And if we can get that message to the youngins, then <clears throat> oh, it's worth it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so have we talked enough about dying? And <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> and you don't have a list this this show. No, I don't. I, I Mona, is there something you've got on your plate that you wanted to talk about? No, I'm just following suit here. Whoever's talking to whatever, I'll add to it. <laughs> <laughs> Walt, anything you want to talk about or share? Um, I, I don't know. No, not really. Sorry. Okay. No, 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 that's, that's fine. All right, well, if none of you got something, I got something, and that's the uh, Tucker Carlson situation. Oh, cool. Yeah, there you go. I saw that Janine did the, uh, uh, cast the cards on it and, and, and said that it, uh, he he started up, he was always, a, what, do you, what do you call it, like an agent of the White Hats. He started out like he was a, a black hat, but he never was. He... So she she did the the card on Tuesday. She yeah, past Tuesday she did the cards on them. Now see, I wondered that all along because he got away with saying some things I didn't think Fox would allow. <laughs> yeah, so he pretended that he was a black hat, but now he's out. He he is a white hat. He's free. Well, something something must have changed if he's able to come out and say things. <laughs> uh, um, let me. I, I want to uh, play. Okay, uh, the Ruben. I'm trying to think of it. The Ruben report. Uh, Dave Ruben was put out a a, a a podcast concerning the Tucker situation, and he. I, I'm only going to give you a, a couple minutes of. The, was on that but he knew Tucker very well back I think he said I don't know back years ago five years ago okay and Tucker was at his house but by that time Ruben was a podcaster he, he had his own show he was doing already five years ago and so I'm gonna play the clip from that show where he's talking about what might be be behind what, what what's happening here, okay? And this is Carlson talking. What he did not have at Fox is total and ultimate control. How do I know that? Well, here he is in my house, in my garage, when I lived in Los Angeles. This is 2018, so about five years ago. Here is Tucker and I talking about independence and what I had at the time that he did not have at the time. Tucker Carlson, welcome to the Ruben. Hey, Dave. I am glad to have you here, my friend. I'm glad to be here. I love this. I, I don't know that anyone has ever walked in here and been more impressed by the Ruben. Because I work in television, so I know what this is. And it's just the coolest thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Are you jealous? Are you joking? Yes, I'm jealous. You have millions and millions of viewers. I drive across. You have a massive staff. <laughs> but I don't have the control that you have, which is wonderful. Yeah, control. At the end of the Rubin report, this particular one, there was a, another clip from 
Tucker Carlson. And I think it it really is inspiring. So I'm going to play that now. And once you say one true thing and stick with it, all kinds of other true things occur to you. The truth is contagious. Lying is, but the truth is as well. And the second you decide to tell the truth about something, you are filled with this. I don't want to get supernatural on you. But you are filled with this power from somewhere else. Try it. Tell the truth about something. You feel it every day. The more you tell the truth, the stronger you become. That's completely real. It's measurable in the way that you feel. And, of course, the opposite is also true. The more you lie, the weaker and more terrified you become. We all know that feeling. You lie about something, and all of a sudden you're a prisoner of that lie. You are diminished by it. You are weak and afraid. Drug and alcohol use is the same way. It makes you weak and afraid. But you look around and you see these people, and some of them really have paid a heavy price for telling the truth. And they are cast out of their groups, whatever those groups are, but they do it anyway. And I look on at those people with the deepest possible admiration. I am paid to do that. I face no penalty. Someone came up to me, you're so brave. Really? I'm a talk show host. <laughs> it's like I can have any opinion I want. That's my job. That's why they pay me. It's not brave to tell the truth on a cable news show. And if you're not doing that, you're really an idiot. You're really craven. You're lying on television. Why would you do that? You're literally making a living to say what you think, and you can't even do that? Please. <laughs> I'd forgotten that I had had that second clip in there. So, um, yeah, anybody want to comment on that? I, I love I it. I love it. Uh, and I had, I had another tape of him uh, that I sent to y'all. And I couldn't send it to Mona because I didn't have her email. Where the last words in this thing, Tucker says is, I'll see you soon. I've got it. I can play it right now. Oh, yay. Good evening. It's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's got to be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. 
This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. That was the one you were thinking of, yes? Yes, yes, absolutely. absolutely. See you soon. soon. Well, now, Jan went through uh, uh, the, the, the concept that Fox may still have him under contract in, until December of 2024. You know, and maybe they'd try to shut him up. But how, how the hell are you going to shut him up? <laughs> you going to sue him? You know, and how long is that going to take? I mean, it just, I don't think that. I don't think he would buckle to any of it, you know. But um, yeah, this is this is big. This is very very big because already there there's talk. I mean, Ruben himself was talking about uh, you know Tucker and Rumble. Um, I've got a station on Rumble, but I I don't use it. But I'm thinking I'm going to start putting up some of our shows on it. Mainly so I can say, yes, I was on the same station that Tucker Carlson was. And, and uh, Dan Bongino owns quite a bit of it. I mean, I don't know if he owns it, but he's he's been more. I mean, he's one of the people behind Rumble. Now, Rumble started out as uh, a very good format, but the I heard the guy that started it and he really wanted a place other than Facebook, where people who wanted to talk about good things <laughs> could go and not be bothered by, you know, the things, that, the real things. And so that's what it started out as. But it was the alternative. I mean, I got on it as soon as, I don't even, I think before I was thrown out of YouTube. But I had trouble uploading on it. I did. There were technical problems I was having. Um and, and and basically it was a matter of time. I couldn't spend all that time trying to do it. And then we went into the podcasts. But like I say, there's a new and, and Ruben in the and I'll put that in link in into the chat here. If I can figure out where it is. Um, Ruben was talking in terms of the complete collapse of mainstream media. And he went through the statistics, what happened to Fox. Fox lost well, I don't remember the numbers, but I mean, 13 million under Tucker and, you know, not 2 million on the day he left. And I mean, I was one of those people. <laughs> Dolly was. Dolly canceled her Fox subscription. The You know, that brings in quite a, a lot of revenue for them, I understand. So, and Fox was beating out all the others, CNN, MSNBC, all of them, they were going down the tube. So, it's it's an interesting time we're in, as Walt says. 
Well, it, well, it's interesting because because think about it. Think about it. The mainstream the media have been making have millions, millions for years, years, lying. Now the tables have turned. The only way to make money is by telling the truth. Very interesting, don't you think? That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Um, yeah, I'm excited about the whole thing. Because Bongino also left. And I got to tell you, Gutfeld. Gutfeld, I, last night, I thought to myself, is he trying to get himself fired? Because I can't even remember, I'm not bringing it up, what he said. But it was obviously a Tucker Carlson reference. Oh, I know what it was. They had... Um, a series, they have a, a section in, in his program where the jokes that they didn't use are, he, he just reads them and he's reading them for the first time, he says. But um, one of the jokes was on uh, Don Lemon leaving uh, CNN, MSNBC, what is it? I don't even know. But he said, but that got kind of like overshadowed by something else <laughs> meaning the Tucker Carlson thing but he didn't say it and then he was on the five and the Democrat uh, person they have one Democrat on on this the, against four other people and she she said something about our vice president and he said She's not my vice president. And then he said, only kidding, only kidding. So he's making these little, and there's a few others that I've heard too, but he's kind of like making these little statements that are certainly telegraphing where he's coming from. And I'm wondering if he's not, you know, trying to get them to go after him now. Because... If he goes where Tucker is, everything is going to be fine. You know what I'm saying? Anybody want to comment? Hello? That's Jesse. The, the lady was Jesse, the Jessie. Democrat. Yeah. She says some things that come out of her mouth. I think they pay her to be that. Uh, Stupid? Yeah. Yeah. I swear they pay her to be that. No one could believe some of that crap she says. <laughs> I used to get upset, but now I just think <laughs> they're paying her. She needs money, just like the rest of us. But well, I'm not so sure that's true because when she was pregnant, she actually was sane. <laughs> and then yes. she had a baby and she started talking rubbish again. That's right. So I'm not sure that you, I think I think see I think these people are programmed to believe this stuff. They really believe this stuff. And also, it's almost like I hear some of the things they say that are absolutely not true. And I go, "Don't you know about this, this and this?" Yeah. yeah. You know, and you go like, "Are they kept in the dark?" <laughs> Do they not know certain things? I, I, I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> maybe they'll need to pay, 
they sign a special document, you know, an NDE, a non-disclosure agreement. Maybe there's another docu secret document that they sign, which is a no question document. Don't we give you the information? Don't question it. It's just maybe, believe it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Anyway. So. I'm excited to find out what Tucker's going to do next. And I'm thinking it's going to involve Dan Bongino because he, he got off Fox the same day. He said it was because he didn't agree to sign the extension contract that they wanted him to sign. So he's saying it's a mutual agreement there. But I'm thinking, really? I don't know about that. So I'm thinking that Tucker and Bongino are going to hook up and possibly, um, what's this dude, Gutfeld? I don't know. I'm just excited to see what. Well, you might you might see what you call it an exodus of people from leaving Fox. You know, like rats from. No, it's already it's already have it's already happened. Oh, they oh. they've lost on the eight o'clock show. I think it's like uh, it, most of their audience left. It's in the millions. I don't remember. I'm, Thirteen million is sick in my mind, but you know, I mean, he's a huge draw. And what was it, Jan said? How many millions of people? Eighty million people or something have already seen the the second uh, video, uh, the second clip that I played. He put that on Twitter. And when I looked at it, it was 18 million. And that was only like the next day, I think it was. So. Oh, I, I figured uh, Fox just shot themselves in the head. Not the foot, the head. <laughs> yeah. it, Tucker was a big, big draw. Well, maybe and, this, this will be a realization that uh, the, what do you call it? The pharmaceuticals are not as powerful as they claim to be or as they believe they are it could be and hannity he's losing he, he's losing people even though they gave him that live audience uh, i don't think it worked out like they thought it would because um, he seems to be going downhill what do you think about L laura Laura still, I still watch her when there's nothing else on. Oh. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I don't pay too much attention to her. But she does have, she, well, I remember when Trump lost. And she acted like she was scared to death of losing her job. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Uh -huh. You know, and then uh, it took months before... She seemed to be getting, you know, comfortable that she was all right. Yeah. And I'm not detecting that she feels, uh, not yet, am I, am I detecting that she feels she might be on the chopping block. But again, you know, she's a single mom with a bunch of kids. So, I don't know. But they're all going down because, I mean, the only reason I watched Fox was for Tucker Carlson and well, Gutfeld, Gutfeld's getting a little old. Yep. Yeah. Um, but 
it was always Tucker. I mean, my whole day revolved around the eight o'clock show with Tucker. Mm-hmm. Mine too. Yeah. I would just wait for eight o'clock. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, for years it would be like, yeah, Tucker's the best thing on. Okay, I'm going to watch him. That type of thing. Uh-huh. But in the last year and a half, going on two years, it was like, what's he going to say tonight? What's he going to yeah. say tonight? <laughs> you know, he. I mean, I, I, I stopped t- taping. I would, I would, you know, get the tape. I would turn on the tape recorder in the computer to catch what he was saying that night. But I stopped doing it because every night it was something else. It was just, you know, he kept it sounding more and more like us. <laughs> Until he was getting into things I didn't even know. Yeah. And he got into one of the things that was really very, uh, it made the shows was he would talk to people that nobody else would even think of talking to. You know, these people whose chickens weren't having enough eggs. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the people in uh, Palestine, is it Palestine? Uh, it, yeah, those those people were, he had them on, you know, I mean, it was like, well, he did the January 6th thing. And I wondered about that myself, Dolly, about the January 6th. Mm-hmm. I, why did they send it only to Tucker? Oh, yeah. I Me was too. very yeah. suspicious of that because it was almost like if you want to knock this guy out, yeah, give him something he has to put on. And, you know, he did. But they counted on him telling the truth because he could have spun it in, a, in another way. Correct? Correct. I agree with that. But, but he kept reporting the truth. And that's what they that, needed. Someone, okay, who can we give this to that was going to tell the truth? <laughs> Not going right. to spin it, and, you know, to benefit the bad guys. Right. But but I suspect that, you know, in doing that, he almost sealed his own fate. I think he knew. Yeah. When he did it, he knew. I, I think he was planning back then what he was going to do next. The exit card. Yeah. Jan says uh, the whole MSM is imploding. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. she said something about $69 million. I don't know what that refers to. Maybe well, how many people that, have left Fox? No, probably what who have seen him on the that oh, video on that thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and she says the end of the industry of lies. The whole when it. Oh no, that was that was Walt. When, oh. Responding to Jan's, the whole MSM is imploding. Jan says, Tucker's executive producer has left as well, and he's the one who has access to the J6 videos. Tucker, is Tucker the only one who has access to those, Jan? January 6th is J6. It'll take her a few seconds to hear us and respond. Wow. It's interesting. And every time I hear something like this, a big boom, I think of what Dave said. Things are going to be happening, big things and fast. 
and they really are. I mean, Lemon, what's his first name? I don't know. From that CNN or whatever, he got let go the same day Tucker and Bongino got let go. And uh, I heard about somebody else. I can't remember who. But things are really, big things are happening. Jan says, yes, so it seems that Tucker is the only one who acts, has access to the January 6th videos. That would be sweet, because if Fox was thinking, oh, we're going to get those January 6th things from Tucker, and they don't, boy, that's going to be a real cutthroat thing for Fox. In my opinion. In my opinion. Yep. It's well, uh, the ugly money, ugly shows up. Say again? When you get and take the ugly money, ugly shows up. <laughs> well, we're oh. gonna we're gonna find out one way or the other. It's just like another one of those dramas. <laughs> you know, what happens next? But I, I don't know. What happens next? What are we going to do next here? Anybody got any stories? If you don't, we're screwed. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I know. I, this is, uh, okay. To, what's today? All right. Today's Saturday. Tomorrow, Mark, um, Joseph, and I are going to do a Radio 5G where we play tapes in the first hour and then we talk about what was there. And tomorrow, Nancy? Yeah, because it's taped for the Wednesday show. Um, you know, tomorrow we get, he and I get together, we do the tape, and then we oh, put it on okay. Wednesday. Normally we do it on Monday, but he, he wanted to do it tomorrow, so okay. Now, what was interesting in, in the presentation, uh, the, first, the first part of it is... Uh, Liz Crokin, C-R-O-K-I-N, I think it is, who was a media personality who ended up getting involved with that Pizzagate story. And the Pizzagate story, for those that don't know, is about a pedophilia ring, and I never followed it, so I can't tell you more than that. But because she started that down that path, she essentially went down the rabbit hole and then took the red pill because what you've got happening is that she, she's presenting it. Now, now, we know all the terrible stories about what's happening, but she's presenting it from the standpoint of a reporter who began to realize why it was happening. How could this possibly be? So it's a very interesting trip she takes us on from her own personal experience. But then Mark sent me in another tape, and it was with uh, Dr. Lee Merritt. And it was an interview with Sarah Westall, and this was the second hour, and it's in the last 15 minutes of that second hour, that she kind of like gave 
uh, more of a bird's eye view of a, you know what Liz had been talking about before that. Because whenever you get into this horrendous situation with the children, your mind wants to shut down. Trust me, I, that's why I don't know anything about the Pizzagate. I just didn't want to know it. And so you start to shut down this information because it just goes against everything that is special to the human being. Compassion and love and all that wonderful things that make us special. But she gets into that Kassarian mafia connection walt and it, it again it's it's like one of those things that i i said okay i've got to learn a little bit more about this before i talk about this thing so i i did a google search and i actually have not been able to look at all the documents i brought out but there's a tremendous amount of information out there but and i know we've done this before but it's trending and i with somebody years ago on my my personal Facebook page put a post concerning the Kazarian Mafia. And this friend of mine from my childhood went got crazy. I mean, she was going to, uh, what do they call it, cancel me for me and her friend or whatever, defriend me. And she's apparently been she was a christian when i knew her but she's apparently married a jewish man and now she's a a jew and she took this to be an attack on her and i said first off i didn't i didn't put that up i didn't post that but second of all we're not talking about you or the jewish people we're talking about a specific group of people that are masquerading as jews is that a a, a true assessment of what's happening out there, Walt? Yeah, yeah, they, they, that's, they, that's how they got how away they got from away. being uh, uh, executed because the uh, all the all the neighboring um, at the time this happened way back at the at the time of Babylon, you know, all the all these countries were sick and tired of the of these uh, Hazarians because they were constantly attacking any travelers. Uh, caravans, whatever, they were being uh, attacked and killed because not only they were being killed for, for their money, for whatever, but, but these people were, uh, what do you call it, uh, they, they were uh, Luciferian, they would, you know, they were uh, worshipping the devil and they were sacrificing humans in honor of their, their demons and whatever bad entities they worship. So the surrounding uh, uh, realms were tired of it. They just got got fed up. So they they all gathered together, and they were all, because they were surrounding because the 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 Hazars made a big mistake. They made enemies of all the surrounding uh, kingdoms. Well, where do you go when you're surrounded? <laughs> where where can you go if you're surrounded on all sides? So. When the when the all the um, neighboring kingdoms were getting ready to attack, the the king of these of these people, he made a plea for his people is that uh, if he made his speed their his their people change their religious beliefs, they would be spared 
being executed, being, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, when, when somebody's totally an annihilated, you know, so they are, so, so he, he saved the people, he saved the, the people's lives by swearing, I, I don't know if documentation was signed, but he swore to all these other kings that uh, his people would be changing their religion. And of all the religions that were available at the time, they chose Judaism. So they would switch their uh, religious beliefs to Judaism, and that way they were spurred being uh, annihilated by the, by the neighbors. But they changed religion, but only in appearances, because undercover they were still worshiping the devil, and they were still sacrificing humans, and they were still sacrificing children. That never changed. They just change it was just it was literally the wolf in sheep's clothing i mean i think that's where the saying comes from my beliefs because this is, that's what these guys did they changed the appearances of what they would be believing on but undercover they were still following the same the same cult that never now, stopped no lee merritt was making the the case that these people are essentially the center of the black cabal that i mean she got into why do they have ancestry.com and all these other ancestry sites it's because they're looking for that bloodline and it, it, i mean she, she she's she's somebody that really does a research and if she feels you know compelled to say that that's who the the head of the snake is now, so I looked up the, you know, what is this all? Well, I think, yeah, but I got into these weird discussions of all of this being a conspiracy. And there was one of those posts was from a Jewish, uh, Jewish post or something. And it was like, they're seeing it all as conspiracy. But what is happening in israel because israel and they point so they, some of it i like i say i didn't get it all research right but in israel they got the vaccinations very early right and everybody wasn't there a whole thing about the israelis having a you know a, a lot more of the vaccinations and everybody had to be vaccinated and it's a small nation they were able to do that type of thing there's there there's something very, very strange happening in the Jewish community. Mona, have you heard anything more about this? Mm -mm. Nothing, huh? Mm -mm. All I heard is that there, it was so compulsory that uh, it was like almost 100% of the population was inoculated. Yeah, yeah, that's what I understand, too. So but what about the die off? Have they had any die off? I don't know. She she was she was at one point she was talking about the fact that Trump instituted the warp speed policy was what probably saved a good portion of the populations because 
and remember she's a, she's a doctor okay she's also a military officer but she's a doctor so what what they would do in the pharmaceutical world is that they would think they had something and they'd put it out there and they would wait for the side effects and then when they saw the side effects they'd make fixes to the next batch and so on and so on until they got one that didn't have too many or acceptable levels of side side effects but because they didn't have the time to do that you saw a lot of people dying that weren't they didn't intentionally kill all those people you know it was part of the the bad stuff they had and and they you know it was the first stuff out there and so a lot of people died and because a lot of people died now you got people saying wait a minute people are dying from this oh no no they're not but i know i've got all these friends that had it and now they're dead what the hell is happening right so the the warp speed program actually screwed with the pharmaceutical slash cabal uh plan for genocide of the populations and i found that to be uh i'd heard that before was one of the reasons that they began people began to think that maybe trump wasn't the bad guy with the vaccinations because he 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 pushed the, the vaccinations coming out and also because um she didn't say this but also because of it being an emergency decree that these vaccinations were allowed to go through they could never make it mandatory legally mandatory yes they forced certain companies to make it mandatory and would fire you if you didn't do it but the federal government had no legal ability to call for a mandate and have everybody you know inoculated because it went under the emergency act only so yeah trump is uh still in still in the game big time big time I have a little more on that Pizzagate stuff. Oh, okay. Um, they the reason they called it Pizzagate was because they would order uh the the children, the women, the boy, whoever they wanted in the trafficking thing in the pedophilia stuff by. Uh, flavor of pizza or slices of pizza. Um, so that's why they called it Pizzagate. So you mean when you order a victim, you order the victim based on a on a on a specific type of pizza order? Pizza, yes. Right. Hmm. Yeah. And I think How, it was also political because it was kept in that cycle or that circle. Yeah. Well, Liz points out that people say, well, if all these elite people were involved in all of these pedophilia situations, why aren't the cops involved? And she said, because the cops are involved. Right. They go after the people that you know, like the the politicians and the entertainers and the cops, you know, and drag them into this sick, sick, whatever it is. 
<laughs> so that that's how they keep getting the protection they do. Yeah, there's there's going to be a big cleanup. That's all I'm sure of. I mean, when I started out, I knew there was darkness, but I had no idea it was a pit to hell. Right, right. Not, not good. So, anyway. Um, oh. Who's bothering him? I oh the dog I don't know, probably raccoons. There might be some raccoons out there. So um, come on guys, think about something. Did you see something interesting? Oh, I'll tell you something that I found real interesting from the, uh, the from Lee Merritt. She says that she has it on good authority that Vladimir Putin has a picture of a Soviet person, person, I don't know what their rank or whatever it was, who <coughs> worked to get rid of the Kassarians. So apparently this man, you know, may also understand that, you know, the, the, the true evil is reaching us from how many thousands of years in the past? Well, the, the time of Babylon, isn't that before Christ? Oh, wait, way before Christ. Well, that, that what you said about Putin, that explains why there, there is no cabal in, in, in Russia. I mean, that's why they've been attacking Russia consistently, because they can't get a foothold, the cabal can't get a foothold in Russia, but they were able to get a foothold next door in the Ukraine. So they made the Ukraine their headquarters quarters well apparently that place is really really bad yep what were they saying i think jan used that that there's eight ukrainians dying for every russian you know what genocide <laughs> interesting i don't doubt it in the least i wouldn't i don't even realize and why are we there? Because it's all funneling and embezzling money and just has nothing to do with this country. Or pedophilia headquarters. And well, they also were doing lab. Biolabs. Yep. Yep. And plus they have that buried UFO. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, which, which is becoming active, and they can't they can't access it. I, I mean, you can only access them if you have special DNA. So right. the the ones who tried to get they couldn't. Huh. No much no matter how much money they throw at it, they can't get anybody to get into into that uh, arc. That's the ex pol ex what is it ex, ex politics. politics? Yeah, ex website ex YouTube. Yeah. They did a they did a number of shows. They were on YouTube. They probably still are, because nobody would believe it. About these um, buried UFO things. That you have to be of a certain frequency to even enter them. Now, there's supposedly one in the Atlantic, and there's well, the one in the Ukraine was interesting in that there was some real probability that it was true because the Russians made a military move towards a, 
essentially a desert in the Ukraine, which is an odd thing to have in the Ukraine, but made a beeline for it uh, very early in the game. And according to uh, Michael Scalise's, what, what's his name? Oh, you mean Michael Sala. Sala. Um, this is one of those uh, buried UFO things. And then there's, I think, one in the, Atlant- in the Antarctic. But I'm telling you, I think maybe there's another one under Skinwalker Ranch. Because there is something definitely happening. I, I'm, I'm going to push that show again, you know. Go and, and look at it. It, it. There's something happening there. And I, I can't tell you what it is, but it's like maybe that's another one of them. Because they've actually done a, a, a drilling, a horizontal dr- drilling into this hill and came back with metal fragments on the drill bit. And when they had the metal fragments uh, analyzed, it's the stuff that NASA would use for their spaceships. <laughs> and they know it, it's in this hill. They hit it with a drill. But then they can't go any further, and it's apparently round or, you know, saucer-shaped. Because the the bit wants to go to the left or the right, not straight. It's, you know, hitting something that's harder than the bit. Didn't they say they're going to try to do that one again this year? Yeah. Well, right now what they're going to do, the next show, I think, is that they're going to do an entire... uh, I guess they use radar. I'm not sure which system they're using. Underground penetrating radar to see if they can't see the shape of it. It's it's funny to me that sometimes they they've missed some of the you know basic scientific stuff that I know from Oak Island. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised that this is if this is all real and true. I'm surprised that this is being allowed to be televised because this sounds like a national security type type stuff. Well, it gets even better because the the one of the people that are involved in this just admitted to the rest of the team that he had been the chief science officer for the UFO thing that they were doing for the for and they don't call it UFO aerial I, I, I UAP UAP unidentified yeah. aerial phenomena mm-hmm. um, that he was the chief science officer, but he had to keep state secrets but he'd been released from them and was telling not only his you know co-workers there but the rest of the world and there's black helicopters over it all the time i mean it's like it, it seems like some kind of a disclosure is what it seems like That's and travis not only Saver you're thinking of yes and travis and the others are going on a live tour to talk to audiences about what they found because remember right now it's showing so they probably shut down the you know the the thing until the next episode so right now in this hiatus type of thing they're going around talking to real live people live yeah. audience i wish i could go wherever they go but uh, i guess i'll just have to see it like other people the poll people <laughs> on TV. Wait a minute! Can't you re- can't you remote view like Nancy? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I don't like to do it alone. Well, Dave is with you all the time. No, I like to do it with, like, Nancy. Oh. I don't like to do it without Nancy. I'll put it that well, way. Well, maybe on the Cosmic Reality Show, we'll take a remote view. Okay. Remember, okay. You remember that show when I gave you a, a, a number and said, just, I told the audience, I want you to, you know, just write down whatever images are coming into your head. And it was a castle, a coral castle right yeah, down yeah. the street from me. And so afterwards, you gave all sorts of weird things, the waterfall, the flowers, the parking lot, you know, all this stuff. And then I asked Walt, and Walt said, was it the Giza Plaza? And I said, we'll come back to you. And then I, I showed you pictures of the castle, and you went, yes, that's it. And it was so accurate as to what you had seen, indicating you had, in fact, remote viewed something that all I gave you was a number for. And... <laughs> Then, then I turned my, my, my focus on Walt, and um, I said, to, I think he did it. I, th I think I said, look up on Google Earth and see if you can see a picture of the, of the Coral Castle. And when he saw a satellite picture of the Coral Castle, it was very reminiscent of the Giza Plateau, what, what was down there. What he saw. Well, yeah, and... and, and and all he said, I said something to him, does that look like what you saw? And he went, yes. And that was it. He wouldn't, think, he wouldn't say another word. <laughs> Which so goes to prove I'm, I'm not a remote viewer. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. <laughs> you just take it from high level, man. <laughs> but anyway, maybe we'll play around with that in a cosmic reality. Six to eight on Tuesday, Eastern time. So That'll be we're two, yeah, we're two minutes out of the show. You guys oh, want oh. to uh, say adios? I'll start with you, Dolly. Thanks for Thanks being for with, being us, with us, us, y'all. Um, um, I appreciate, I appreciate that you're here. And those uh, who don't come in the chat room, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thank you, and I uh, love you, and. Don't forget the love blankets. Bye-bye. Well, good night, everybody, and thank you for being here. We love your company. Take care. Bye-bye. And Mona, what would you like to say? Oh, Mona, tell them where they can hear you every day at 2 to 4 on Eastern Time. Uh, Revolution.radio, freedomslits.org, uh, Studio B. Awesome. I think a lot of this alien stuff is coming out because that's what they want to try to put the next fear of. Yeah, maybe. So, Don't think it'll work. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not valid. I'm. I visualized way back in the mid '80s that there is a bat-shaped ship in Florida. Called it. It's around the area of Spring Lake, and it's buried. Okay, we're going to have to hold that until next week. We're out of here. Thank you so very much. You see, all this happens all the time. Talk to you next time. Thank you. Bye. Say what? Say what? Radio show with no agenda. It's always a surprise.
But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. <laughs>